Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com slash stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled, Holy Wow. We're learning how to cultivate a life that truly honors God, a holy God, in an increasingly casual world. Would you welcome our internet audience with us today too? God bless you guys. Glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, About a year ago, we um, prayed for a young man with his family present uh, to go into the into the Air Force, and he's now in London and, and doing well, serving in the United States Air Force. And uh, today, we're going to pray for his sister. And so, Brianna Hintz and uh, Brian and Valerie, if you'll come, and Brian Jr., come on up. Any of the family, come on up, and we want to pray. And she's leaving tomorrow. Is that right? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Take her to Twisty Treat this afternoon. And <laughs> Brianna, come on over, and uh, she'll be leaving to go into the Air Force as well. Will you give her a great big God bless? We're proud of you. Proud of you. And we, uh, we're, not a, we're not a political church because it's a real confusing time, but we are definitely a patriotic church. And um, so hats off and salute. Thank you for serving. And uh, let's pray for her, pray for the family right now. Will you stretch out your hands toward her right now? Lord, I thank you for Brianna. And uh, I just thank you, Lord, that she's following this path, that she believes her steps are ordered of you. And I just pray, Lord, that she would see your hand in it. I pray that there would be favor for her, even as she travels tomorrow and checks in tomorrow, that there would just be a favor, not a fear, but a favor. And just a quiet, strong knowing that God is with her. And God, I pray that as she trains and as she learns and, and is equipped in all the ways, in whatever way that she will serve, let her know that she's serving the greater good of this great nation that is still blessed by God. And I pray that she would be blessed. She would be protected. She would just, uh, in every way, God, be surrounded and helped and advanced. And I, I just thank you for what she brings to the equation. Let her know she is adding to. She's not just in line. She is adding to. And I pray for her family, for her mom, for dad, for brother, and for all the family, that your grace would be upon them. God, that you would bless this family. Your grace would be upon them as she is gone and as her brother is gone. And and Lord, I just pray that you would just have perfect peace for them, work in their life in every way. And God, we just thank you that we can even be a part of this. And Lord, many in this this congregation today are to take Brianna as as a prayer assignment to pray for her daily. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. And amen. Can I hug you? All right. God bless you. Give her a great big God bless. God bless you guys. Grace to you. Peace to you. That is awesome. Amen. You took away my brace. I've had people say, uh, it's good to see you without a brace. I said, it's good to be without a brace, you know. So, so thankful. Still got a little, Yeah. Got a little ways to go yet um, with recovery of my hand, but I just tell you, I'm standing before you this morning, just a grateful, 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 grateful guy. My heart is overflowing with uh, thanksgiving at the goodness of God. Amen. So thank you for being patient during uh, this time and 
um, hey, this is what I realized a long time ago and then just kind of been reaffirmed in my heart. This, Jesus is head over all things to the church. The church is his. And he knows how to take good care of his people. Amen? Well, we're going to continue in our series called Holy Wow. Everybody say, Holy Wow. Holy wow. And um, dive into some good things here. This really has to do with how to properly relate and how to properly approach a holy God while we're living in this very, very casual world, a very casual culture that we're a part of. And it's important that we know how to approach God and the things of God in the right way. Would you say that's so? Thank you all, both of you. Um, one thing I want to review, and I will reiterate this morning numerous times, and it's, and it's, it's this. God is omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere at the same time. That's hard to understand for us, everywhere at the same time. Um, but he is not, and get this differentiation here, he is not uh, everywhere in the same way. He's everywhere at the same time, but he's not everywhere in the same way. I believe that, the, that God shows out different, if I can use this word, I believe that he behaves differently, acts differently in places where he is welcomed, Amen. In, in lives where he is welcomed. Not where he's resisted and questioned or ignored or, or treated lightly or anything else, but where he is honored, where he is welcomed, where, where he is glorified. He's everywhere present at the same time, but he's, he, I believe he just shows up in a different way when we choose to honor him. Amen? Amen. Well, in Holy Wow here, uh, my subtitle, if I had one today, would be this. The heart of the matter. And I'll go ahead and give you the conclusion of what the heart of the matter is. And it's the heart. It's the heart. So at the center of all of this, how do we approach a holy God? It, it deals with the heart. The heart must be included in this. And there must be some certain things going on in our heart if we're going to properly relate to and properly approach this holy God. Um, it, is, it is an issue, first of all, of awareness. That we're aware of God. Please understand he's not just far off somewhere beyond the, beyond the clouds in some, you know, uh, ivory castle somewhere. Understand that he is with us by the person of, of the Holy Spirit. And he sees all. And so it's an awareness of God and how great he is. Amen. How great he is. Amen. It's not some little puny pansy God. This is... This is an incredible, strong, awesome, good God Almighty. Nobody made him. Nobody will take him out. He forever has been and forever will be. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's able to declare the end from the beginning. No one like him. None like him. None come close. And yet he's, I love, uh, I don't know if you caught the words of that last song that Pastor John ministered to us. Um, Let me get this right. Creation declares your majesty, the universe declares your glory, yet you choose to abide in the praises of your people. He made all that, has all that, and yet where he chooses to be is in the praises of his people. That's a beautiful thing. That's a powerful thing. So it's first of all an issue of awareness. Secondly, it's an issue of reverence and honor, that we give him the proper worth and due. The scripture says numerous places, give the Lord the glory do his name, and he is great and greatly to be praised. And it is an issue of how, how we approach God and the things of God. 
Now, we understand God, but what are the things of God? It's the, it's the things that we participate in in our life in God. Um, our prayer life, how we approach that. Our devotional life. You go, what is that? Oh, I hope you have one or get one soon. You know, and starting your day outright. Um, God's word. Being with God's people. You know, the fellowship of the saints, the assembling of us together, you know, church attendance, um, worship, stewardship, uh, you know, how you handle what he has blessed you with, uh, on and on and on. Those are the things of God. And it's very important how we approach uh, not only God, but also the things of God. That's part of our relationship with him. I want to give you a big, big note of caution. I do this uh, as a matter of habit with with our staff. Now think about it. With all of our staff and our pastors, what we are privileged and humbled to get to do is is to serve God in this way that we are praying, that we're studying, that we're preparing services and facilities and things like that in a non-smoking, non-cussing atmosphere. You know? And 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 I I tell the staff all the time I said never approach this as a job. This has to be a calling. And if it's just a job for you, you need to look for another one because I, I need people that are, that are called. There's a sense of call about what God is wanting to do here. But this is the thing that I tell them because they're in services all the time, you know, and they're a part of making that service happen and they're ministering and studying and, you know, and music's on in the hallway and it's, you know, all the time. And here, it's staff meetings and devotions and their own small groups and all of those things. Here's the danger of it all is that when we are exposed, hear this, when we are exposed to holy things and holy times and holy events, if we don't respond properly to that, get this, you'll harden your heart. It's the danger of getting used to it. Getting used to holy and precious things where you don't, you don't see it, you don't feel it anymore, and then you end up jaded, cynical, hard heart, and it's the worst possible condition that any of us could ever have. So the thing is, we approach the things of God, and so when there are holy times, I hope you know just coming together is a holy thing. Are y'all here? Just coming together, the the realization, I'm not here because it's Sunday. I'm not here, you know, you're not here just because. You're here, believe it or not, because your steps are ordered of the Lord. That's a holy thing. He guided you and got you here. What about the others? Why aren't they? I I have no idea. We've been slammed all morning. It's been, it's been awesome. God, don't resist when he's ordering your steps. That's a holy thing. The, thing that we, the, the, the fact that we could come into a place set apart for God, that we could have beautiful worship service, not a song service, a worship service. And what we're all working to do is to lift up fragrance, incense to, to the nostrils of God. Are y'all hearing me? Not just, I don't like that song. It's, it's not about if you like a song. It's about you being a part of lifting up something holy to God. And, and you'll, you'll benefit from it. You'll benefit from it. But, well, I, I wish they'd sing my song. You know, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. The foolishness of preaching. That someone could stand and study and seek God during, during the days, during the week. And, and that God would give a message out of his word that somehow Holy Spirit would anoint and somehow would go out into all these people and, and it would mean something different to every one of us and yet have some elements of the same to all of us. Paul called it in 1 Corinthians the foolishness of preaching. It's an amazing thing. It's, it's used to confound the wise of the world. 
And that's a holy thing. Just the fact that we're here together, when we have communion together, when we're praying over people, anointing them with oil, people getting baptized, an altar call, and people coming forward to make a decision for Jesus. You know, whatever it would be, children in class, it's a, it's a holy thing that's going on. But you wake early in the morning, whew, and my, since I got my brace off, my tear glands are released. So, <laughs> no, they've been released, trust me. But that we would experience and be exposed to holy times and things and fail to respond to it and miss it and just get used to it. And our hearts get hardened. Caution, caution. Never allow that to happen to us. Amen? Um, you know, what if somebody, and I'm just imagining in my mind, what if out the back door of your kitchen you had a beautiful deck and then it turned into a valley and a river cutting through it, and then it rolled on up into mountains with snow caps and eagles, and it's just beautiful, and the wind blows, and it smells awesome. You bought that property. Man, I wish I had a place like that. <laughs> um, you probably bought that property and built there because of that. Did you know there's a danger that one day you could walk out on your back porch with your coffee and not see any of it? Because you're worried about this and thinking about that and doing this and, and just miss it all and get, some, and get used to something that dramatically beautiful. Um, my father-in-law, he passed away almost five years ago now. And um, he was from Germany and heavy German accent. He was uh, trained in Bavaria as a pastry chef. Uh, full disclosure, that's part of the reason I came into the family. Alicia knows I'm teasing, but I was single and I was hungry, folks. And, uh, and they had a beautiful daughter. No, she, she knows I'm joking, but that was a benefit. Well, the last couple decades of his life, and he'd worked in major resorts and did a number of things and using his craft, and he truly was an artist. And um, the last couple of decades, he worked for uh, public supermarkets, and he managed um, bakeries. And I remember him telling me in a stick German accent one time, he goes, Tim, I hate donuts. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't. <laughs> yeah, have you ever been to the grocery store that has a, an active bakery early in the morning and all that stuff? You're like, you took away my pain. <laughs> You know, and it's like, oh, I could do this every day. Well, guess what? He had done it every day. I hate donuts, you know. And donuts in no way compare to the awesomeness of our holy God. But let us, say let me, let all of us stay aware of a holy God and holy things and holy times and make sure that we respond properly so that we don't harden our hearts. Can I get a good amen from the church on that? Now, get this, and we've talked about, we will talk about this throughout the whole series. Without reverence, which is what we're talking about, we will never see or experience all that God has for us. Why don't you read that with me? Without reverence, we will never see or experience all that God has for us. Keep that in mind. In the Old Testament, in the, the book of 1 Samuel, there's a priest, and he oversaw the, uh, the temple he was up in years. Um, his name was, was Eli. And Eli had two sons. 
uh, Wally and Beaver. And uh, no, that was something else. Um, he had two sons, Hophni and Phineas. Now, I know a lot of people like to get a Bible name for their baby. Don't, don't, don't use Hophni and Phineas, okay? Um, the English Standard Version, well, most translations say they were wicked. The English Standard Version says they were worthless. And their dad was the priest overseeing the, you know, the activities of the temple. And they were wicked. They extorted money out of people in the temple. They fornicated with people in the temple. And they were unrestrained and seemed to have no conscience. And word gets back to Eli, the priest, and he lightly rebukes them. I don't know about you, but coming up, I never was lightly rebuked for anything. There was no light nothing about it. And they had not yet invented time out. Y'all understand? So, anyway, here's all he did to him. He goes, I've heard what y'all are doing. And they continued on. And then, so the word of the Lord came and said, I had a lot of things planned for your family and for your family line. And the Lord actually had to annul some promises. He says, from now on, there will be no one of age, talking about older, in your homes. So no one was going to live long in that family line. He said, further, both your sons are going to die. Not just die, but be killed and be killed on the same day. And Eli said this. He said, distress is in my home. Distress is in my home. We don't want distress in our home. We want peace in our home. Amen? Amen? Well, it went on and they didn't turn. And so you know what happened. They were killed, Hophni and Phinehas were killed on the same day. And when news got back to Eli, he died from the news. And so that's a horrible ending. But before all of that happened, when they're being warned, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, the Lord says this, For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let's read it one more time. For those who honor me, I will honor And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Here's the whole point to get get this. God is saying this, that those who honor me, go ahead to it. Go ahead. You, right there. God honors. God honors those who honor him. God honors those who honor him. Say it with me. God honors those who honor him. Now, he said, but if you despise me. He said, well, I don't despise the Lord. You might actually, by definition, be despising the Lord. If you despise the Lord, and I'll give you the meaning here in a moment, it says he will, he will lightly esteem you. Lightly esteem you. It means almost that he will pay no attention to you. Well, God honors those who honor him. How many of you want the honor of God on you? The Hebrew word for honor has to do with weightiness. It doesn't mean you'll gain weight. It means the weight, the fullness of God and who he is and his goodness and his, his graciousness and his power would be seen on your life. I don't know about you, but I want that on my life. I want that on your life. I want that on my family. I want, this on, I want that on this church. Yes. Amen. That the honor of God will be seen. Well, the only way for that to happen is we have to honor God. But if you despise God, that word actually means you're careless. Are you careless with the things of God or reckless to disdain, to make light, to treat lightly, 
to look down on. How are we doing with this, you know? How are we doing with, you know, we, we just had worship time. How, how did you do? Did you, did you despise the Lord? I hope I didn't. What does that mean? Were you careless in it? Were, were you, did you, I don't want to sing any more songs. I don't want to stand. You know, did you look down on it? Did you treat it lightly or did you realize what it is? And that's why the first thing I told you today, largely it's a matter of awareness, just being aware. And so you're being told, so now we can be aware. And it's not a problem in third service. It's those per- people in first and second service. You, you guys have, have got it. But don't tell them that I said that about you. Because I've said something different all morning long, depending what service it was. But God honors those who honor him. And the inverse of that is also true. Listen, since the garden, since the garden, you know, you can read about the first four or five chapters of the Bible and pretty much get the, get the whole story. God will work out of there and what he's going to eventually, ultimately return to. But in the garden, since the garden, the enemy has been trying to minimize and trivialize God and what God says. Do you get that? Since the very beginning, he's tried to minimize and trivialize what God says. And he's trying to get you to do the same thing. He's trying to get you to treat it all as optional. And remember back at the beginning, Eve said, no, I can't do that because God said this. And he didn't really mean that. He just said that. It doesn't really matter. He doesn't really mean that. And you know what? He's trying to do the same thing to you and I today so that we will treat the things of God lightly, so that we will treat the things of God as optional. And God says these things are not optional. How many of you know some things cannot be ignored? You know, try, try to imagine this for a moment. What if you went to the hospital, you had a friend in the hospital, you wanted to go visit them, and they have some kind of infection or something, and so the hospital puts uh, these signs on their door and supplies by the door and says, you know, if you're going to enter this room, there's infectious disease, and so you've got to wear the little gloves and the little mask and the little hairdo thing and, and the, the blue plastic gown, you know, and you have to wear that in. What if you just decided... I don't have to do all that. How many of you know you're soon going to be his roommate <laughs> in the hospital? Or I'm thinking of, of, of this. When we go over to Disney World and, and uh, we drive on the turnpike and then there's a Highway 429, I think we said, and we're, we're headed toward Disney. And you're, you're trucking along about 65 miles an hour or so. And then there's an exit. And the exit says, I believe it says this, reduce speed to 15 miles an hour. Because it's this real sharp curve that comes down. And I remember, like, the first time I went on there, 15 miles. Now, I have been driving all along, you know. And there's a concrete wall about this high that goes all the way around that curve, and it is all marked up. <laughs> Folks, I am trying to help you not end up being a mark on the wall, okay? Okay, that we, oh, it doesn't matter to me. I've been good at this and da-da-da-da-da. You know, you, you, there are some things that cannot be ignored. And God's way of doing things we cannot ignore. And how we approach this holy God, we must be careful that we do it in the right way. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus said, speaking of the Pharisees, he said, these people honor me with their lips. Sounds right. But their, and that's the heart of the matter, the heart, the, their hearts are Far from me, go ahead, they worship me in vain. 
Their teachings are merely human rules. And, and, and here's what was happening. The Pharisees knew a whole lot about God. As a matter of fact, they knew more about God than most people knew about God. But they did not know God. They did not know God. So they went through the motions. He said, they honor me with, with their lips and they show up and they do this. And they've got all the moves and the motions, but their heart is far from me. And so he said, it's meaningless. It's vain. It was a waste of time, everyone's time. And that's what I don't want it to ever be for us, that we go through the motions. How many of you know it would be possible to just go through the motions? Now we're going to sing a song. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to, you know, and your heart could be far from it. Church that we sometimes went to when I was a little kid. My family was still pagans. We had not had an official association with the church yet. We were still pagans. Um, when my mom would go, I can remember sitting by her. And because this church was kind of famous for believing nothing. Not sure why we gathered together so much. And I, I can remember my mom would use that time to make out her grocery list. And she had little clippings from the newspaper with different recipes. And she'd balance her checkbook. Her heart was far from it. Because there wasn't much going on there either. And so we have to be careful because here's what religion is. Religion is about God but without God. Do you hear me? It's about God but it's without God. I don't want to be religious. And as a matter of fact, in Isaiah 113, the Lord said, I am weary. I am worn out. One translation says, I am sick of your meaningless meetings and your religious rituals. He said, I'm just sick of it. Even God himself does not like religion, which is about him, but doesn't invite him. I think the first thing we need to do is invite him and make it not just about him, but make it him. Can I get an amen? And then historically, man... And then consequently, religion created by man wants to reduce all of this down to a list of rules and regulations. You got to look this way. You got to act that way. You got to sound this way. You got to dress this way. It's clothes. It's certain music. It's a certain diet. It's certain holy days. It's certain jewelry. Do's and don'ts. Don't handle. Don't taste. Don't touch. It's all all these rules, rules, rules. The Pharisees added on to the Ten Commandments 613 rules. Moses had 10. Jesus had two. And he reduced it all down to this. Love God, love your neighbor, and love them with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It all begins with the heart. We've got to bring it back down to that. Let's go to Psalm 100, verse 4. you still with me? We're almost done. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, let me give you the imagery here that Scripture is creating. It's this imagery, um, in my mind, it's like this palace that is God's. And I'm coming to see him. And so, we come in, in the imagery of this, we come in from the outside. So, we're coming in from the outside. And it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. The message paraphrase uh, says this. Enter with the password, thank you. Have you all ever been working on the computer before and you're ordering something or signing up for something and you go and ask for your password? Oh, I can't remember my password. Tim's a cool guy. No. <laughs> Coolest guy is Tim. Oh, no, it's not. You know? And none of those are even close to my password, so don't try them. Okay. So it's, how am I going to get in here? How am I going to get in here? What's the password? 
Let's try it again. What's the password? Thank you. You enter into his gates. You get in. It's how we approach this holy God. It starts with thank you. And then into his courts. We're a little further now. We're getting closer. And into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. This is all about coming in from the outside. And we come in from the outside, ready, with worship instead of whining. And I believe in your life, if you will have more worship, you will have less whining. Stop coming in all pitiful. Sometimes that's the only, only time people come to God is when they're all pitiful. They said something bad about me and I hurt myself and I want to, get, I want to see if I could get a higher, higher tier of cable. You know, we come in with all our hurts and our wants and all, all these kind of things. And that's not what this is about. We are to stop coming in all, all pitiful. There's a time and a place, listen to me, there's a time and a place to take your pain and your problems to God. There's a time and a place where you can cry out for help. But I believe that we need to be louder with our praise than we are with our problems. Amen. I'll say it again. We need to be louder with our praise than we are with our problems. And again, part of the problem is that's the only time some people approach God. So there is a time to pray. But even with prayer, look at the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and it starts out this way. Our Father which art in heaven, all of that already is worship. Hallowed or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven before we start asking for bread or or forgiveness, or help, or anything else. It all starts out with honoring God. And I think it's very important here, Psalm 100 was not about prayer. Psalm 100 is about a way to approach God. And big in this, this proper approach, is gratitude, is being thankful. This is my opinion based on Scripture. It is improper. Remember, what are we talking about? Approaching a holy God. I think it is improper It is wrong, it is rude to ever approach God, this holy, awesome, generous God, to approach him without gratitude. I think a good personal practice, I try to do this, is every time I talk to God, I start out by thanking him for three things. This morning, I was very mindful. Yesterday morning, very mindful. Then when I started talking to him, I started thanking him. I thanked him for a good night of rest. Thank, thanked him that he was with me. Thanked that I had a warm, safe place to stay. Thanked him for this. And I'll tell you what, three's never enough. You'll, you'll find yourself thanking and thank. And I think it is only proper that we, we approach the Lord in that way instead of starting out with our pains and our problems. Now listen to this real quick. Your heart, this principle is massive, get this. Your heart cannot be in what the mind is not on. Your heart, excuse me, your heart, your heart cannot be in what your mind is not on. That's how you can go through the motions, but your heart can be far away. You can be thinking about, man, I hate that football season's over. I've got nothing to watch on TV today. And I'm trying to tell you something to change your life. Amen. You know, your heart can actually not be here because what? Your mind's not here. And so the heart cannot be in what the mind is not on. Now get this part. True gratitude engages both mind and heart. 
When I'm truly grateful, when I discipline myself to realize, to be aware, I I need to approach him. What's the password again? Thank you. I need to approach him in this way. Well, true gratitude, heartfelt gratitude engages both. And first, the mind to recall and to think about it. And then my heart to feel and to express, I am grateful for what God has done for me. Now watch this. This is why I call gratitude the secret sauce of Christianity because it pulls it together and gets your heart and your mind all there so that you can approach God in the right way and honor God. And he said this, if you honor me, I will honor you. And the way to approach this holy God, not, not the only factor, but a major factor that cannot be ignored is we are to approach him with gratitude in our hearts. And true gratitude engages both mind and heart. And now my heart is not far away. My heart is right here. And I can honor God in a song. I can honor God in a prayer. I can honor God in my giving. I can honor God in my obedience. I can honor God being in a service or reading his word or whatever it would be. And I want to take you back to this. God said this, and don't mess with what God said. He said this, those who honor me, I will honor. And I want that on my life, and I want that on your life. And it all, it all has to do with how we approach him. Remember this. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere present at the same time, but he is not everywhere present in the same way. I believe he shows up in a special way where he is thanked, where he is honored, where he is welcomed. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MBC Ocala.